It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com, or give them a call, 801-747-LEES. Out of the Sprint special guest line we go. Lease any phone and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you from Sports Illustrated. He's our good friend, Chris Mannix. Hey, Chris, how are you? What's going on, guys? Oh, we're just trying to, you know, uh, navigate through this thing like uh, like the rest of the world and apparently like the NBA where they're at least kind of thinking outside the box, Chris, about maybe doing some things like a, like a playoff in Vegas or something along those lines. What do you think about these ideas that are popping up? Well, I think they're good ones. Um, look, as long as it's safe, I think the NBA should explore every possibility in playing games. Now, I understand it will look odd to see uh, games being played on practice floors or, in the case of Vegas, in empty arenas, but uh, there's a lot of revenue that can, be, um, that can be made up by playing games in empty arenas, and uh, NBA owners want that revenue. And, you know, just as important, and probably much more important, actually, you know, a lot of people you know, rely on the NBA for money. I mean, we've seen in the last couple of weeks uh, teams float the idea in the case of the 76ers of uh, having cutbacks on employee salary. I have no doubt, unfortunately, that this thing drags on. We will see uh, layoffs, furloughs, things like that. Bringing the game back, you know, employs people. It's as simple as that. And I, I, that's obviously a good thing for, for everyone involved. So, look, I think safety comes first, and right now we're nowhere near the point of being able to consider uh, playing sports of any kind, including NBA basketball. But over the next couple of months, if we you know, kind of peak, as we've heard on TV, with this virus and it starts to descend and it's safe to do some things and mass testing ultimately exists, uh, I think it's a great idea for the NBA and for other sports to to pursue ways of playing games, even if those games don't involve fans. Chris, uh, one of the options that Jake was talking about is uh, this Vegas idea of, of having a, maybe an arena in a, in a casino, a resort, and uh, having players stay there so that it's almost like a, uh, you know, all contained in one place. Do you think the players' union would be open to those kinds of suggestions? Oh, I think they'd be open to it because the alternative is that their players don't get paid. Yeah, it's as simple as that. I mean, I don't know when the NBA is going to implement this force majeure clause, but as I've been writing for the last couple of weeks, it really is inevitable. Um, owners have a lot of money you know, going out, and at present, no money coming in. And look, I, I don't feel sympathy for billionaire owners and, and their financial losses necessarily, but I do understand that you're not going to meet a payroll of a hundred plus million dollars with no revenue coming in. Just, it's just bad business. So um, whatever safe alternative the NBA comes up with, I, I think players will be open to. I mean, I, I thought it was interesting reading what I read about the premier league and, and, and what they're, you know, flo- uh, possibly trying to do with their season. Uh, Vegas makes a lot of sense for the NBA. They've got a long time relationship with the city. Uh, Summer league has been a rousing success by any metric. If there's a way to do it, Vegas has multiple venues that you could 
you could put games on safely, uh, certainly a warm climate, which at least from what we know sort of about the virus, you know, hot weather tends to be a good thing in terms of not transmitting and, and passing along this disease. Uh, not to play armchair doctor there, but that's at least what I'm reading. So I think that, that the union and everybody involved would be for it uh, if it's safe to do. Chris, will you talk a little bit about that clause in the CBA that the NBA will have to negotiate, as, as you say, and figure out you know, whether to pay players during this? I, I tried to do a little research on it last week, and I didn't find a ton of good info. What do you know about it, and, and how would that work? Well, they really don't have to negotiate anything. It's in the collective bargaining agreement that NBA owners, through a clause called the force majeure clause, can exercise this clause during a epidemic or a pandemic, as this is, uh, that would allow them to, and I'm not specifically sure how much they would stop paying, but not pay a percentage of the players' salaries. And players are aware of this. I mean, they... Uh, they know this is coming. Uh, many of them know this is coming. And look, one thing Adam Silver has done and will continue to do, I'm sure, is maintain uh, a healthy dialogue with Michelle Roberts and the Players Union. So it really boils down to that. During a situation like this, NBA owners can trigger a clause that allows them effectively not to pay players. I mean, it's a little more nuanced than that, but th- those are kind of the broad strokes. Chris, how has the fight game uh, reacted to this whole thing? Are there any sports that are being played anywhere in the world? No. In fact, I was talking to somebody that just told me that like the World Chess Championship was just shut down. Like that's wow. you know we're, we're reached the point where chess is you know I was going to say being taken off the board, but that would be a terrible joke at this point. <laughs> um, the look, the, the boxing is interesting because uh, before other sports come back. I think boxing will have the opportunity to come back because theoretically you could pull off uh, a major fight with only like 30 people in the building. Like that's, you know, when you exclude people that would be in the truck outside broadcasting, you only really need between 20 and 30 people in the building when it comes to fighters, their corners, referees, broadcasters, judges, the people involved. You could probably get it to about 30 at a bare bones number. And Look, at some point, you've know, you got to believe that if we continue to operate in this country in the way most of us are operating, and I say most of us because I still see some lunatics out there like going to church on Sundays and, and gathering at universities, which I don't really understand. But if we continue to operate in the way we should operate, we will start to slow this thing down. And if the CDC comes out with recommendations that say, all right, you can have 100 people or less in a venue – to pull off an event. Boxing's going to be the one of the first sports to come back. And look, I think it, it, there's a lot of people in boxing that are uh, planning for this. I know I work for DAZN, and they're planning for this to bring fights back maybe as early as, as June. Um, so I, will, I think combat sports in general uh, will probably be the first things to come back, provided uh, this goes in a positive direction the next couple of months. Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, how complicated is this going to be for, say, a college player, uh, you know, a freshman or a sophomore who may be considering coming into the NBA? As you know, I know the, the draft is still up in the air and all that, but you've got to make that decision at, at some point, right? Is this going to complicate that process? Yeah, I think it really does because, look, the NCAA has done some things in the last couple of days. Uh, to make things a little bit easier for athletes because the NBA, 
Look, they're, they're not going to have the draft combine in May. They're probably not going to have the draft in June. Like, there's a lot of things that are going to get pushed back in the coming months, and you got to give these college kids more time to make enormous decisions. But if you're a college player, you'll, and if you're on the fence, and you have to also consider that you know this virus could come back in the fall, and if it comes back in the fall, one of the first things that gets shut down most likely are going to be college campuses because of the possibility of transmission and spread and things like that. And, you know, you don't want to risk losing another season. That's not meant to encourage guys on the fringes to come out. I mean, look, if you're on the fringes anyway, I think staying in school probably makes the most sense because if nothing else, you're going to get a a quality education if you want it. Uh, But, you know, it does make things incredibly difficult for these guys to decide when you don't know what the future of college sports is going to be. I mean, I'm already reading – you know, hypotheticals about the college football season and the NFL season and them being, you know, on the ropes. And it's not even April at this point when we're making those types of predictions. So it makes it difficult for these college players. They're going to have to, to really dig in and, and do their proverbial homework to, to find out exactly what the right call is. Chris, have you been in touch with any players or coaches? How are they spending their time based on what's coming your way? No, they're, many of them, and they're just like you and me. Like they're doing nothing. They're YouTubing home workouts and cooking and spending time with their families and and just going stir crazy. I mean, there's there's certainly the hope amongst and look, NBA coaches can't do this necessarily, but there's the hope amongst some players that I talked to that eventually gyms will be opened up, not necessarily team facilities, but gyms will be opened up and they can start doing work with their individual coaches. There are a lot of great you know, individual coaches out there. Rob McClanahan is someone a lot of people know. I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there that, that are, are ready, willing, and able to travel to places to work players out. But there are a lot of players that are just chopping at the bit uh, for gyms to eventually open up so they can get back in there and start getting back into shape. Because, look, I think we talked about this last week. I mean, there's if the game comes back, there are going to be some woefully out-of-shape players. And, and that's not to criticize them for what they're doing. It's just that there's no way they can stay in elite NBA shape, you know, being locked in their house for two months. So there's certainly the hope that that gyms will open up and they'll be able to uh, practice with their individual trainers in the coming weeks and months. Chris Mannix with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And Chris, Gordon and I have, have talked quite a bit about this today when uh, looking at some scenarios, the Vegas thing and, and that sort of thing of possibly getting sports back going again. And Gordon brought up a, an interesting point. If we could find a safe way to, to get sports going again, do you think that the, the public would, would be into that or would it, would it seem almost flippant, you know, like it doesn't matter? No, I, I think the public would be into it. Look, I, I think people are, are dying for, and I'm not saying that like sports is the end-all, be-all, but they're dying for something to watch. And, you know, live sports, I think, would be a welcome addition to the landscape uh, once again. Now, I don't think people want to see the NBA come back when doctors and scientists are saying don't do it. But if you, know, you see a Dr. Anthony Fauci on a day of saying it's okay for – uh, you know, the NBA or boxing or some other type of sport to come back safely without fans in the stands, I think people would embrace it. Look, we know television networks would embrace it because they, you know, would certainly want the content and viewership numbers would likely be through the roof no matter what time the NBA comes back uh, of the year. I mean, sports radio, writers, I mean, look, the, the reality is, I mean, sports media is going to take a pretty devastating hit 
as a result of this. I mean, I work in the print industry. I know that there are going to be cuts in this industry. And so, look, I think people would, would welcome uh, sports to come back, and, and certainly people that are, are relying on it for income would, would certainly want it back. I'll tell you one thing. That Dr. Fauci, he's the one guy that I really believe. I don't know. It just seems like when he talks, it's it it carries credibility, and you can't say. Well, that's that you're you're right. I mean, you're right. Like, and look, I'm not uh, as a sports person. I don't get political, but I hope we all remember what's going on here. You know, when it comes to when it comes time to vote at the end of the day. I mean, this is some of the stuff is just goofy that I'm watching on TV. Like, come back at Easter, and then the doctors get up there and say that's ridiculous. I mean, I like I'm with you guys. I, I believe the experts. And I don't want to listen to people that have a vested interest in people being out there working with the economy going again. I want to come back when it's safe, because every time I see somebody on TV like that lieutenant governor in Texas who said that, you know, your grandparents want a functioning economy, they're willing to sacrifice their lives for it. I just want to throw my TV through the window. I mean, my parents live in Florida. They're in their 70s. Um, they're not expendable. And I, I will I will not visit them until I have the all clear that. You know, that somebody my age, it's okay to be around people that are in their 70s. We've just, we've all got to kind of do our part here and, and get through this and, and suffer through what we're suffering through to make sure that eventually we do come back, that we don't come back too early and this doesn't happen again. Chris, you've said a lot of profound things on this show through the years, and that's about as profound as I've ever heard. Your parents I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, no, no, your parents not, aren't I mean, expendable. Look, no, no, they're, they're not. And it just drives me crazy that, like, the idea that, that we should be considering just going back to, to getting back to work and, and risking the lives of, of, of parents. I mean, look, I'm at my age, I, I've, you know, even if I had coronavirus, there's a pretty good chance the symptoms would be mild. But if I was around some of my parents' age and, and I, I pass it on to them, I would be devastated. I've, forget my parents. I pass it on to anybody. That's what, you know, look, it just, and I don't, I tweet a little bit about this when it happened, but it drove me crazy watching you know, that, that church service in Florida with the pastor that says he has machines that, that wipe out the virus. I mean, what kind of stupid do you have to be to do something like that? And that's in Florida. And, you know, that's where my parents are living right now. And stuff like that, you know, I, I, look, I, I, you gotta, I feel for the people that are just devastated economically, but it's nothing compared to what, what it could be if we don't do this the right way. Well, Chris, we certainly appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts on a variety of different topics today. We always appreciate it, and thank you, uh, as always. Anytime, guys.